Hello, my name is Michael Garrick, and this is Popping Culture Movie Reviews. Today, my guest is Grant Sheffield. He's a hilarious comedian, uh, podcaster. Grant, please tell them the name of your podcast, buddy. Uh, another Black Dude Podcast. One of the best names for a podcast also. Um, <laughs> the movie that we'll be reviewing is literally one of my top two favorite movies. Sometimes I put it number one, sometimes I put it number two. It's Man. Pulp Fiction. Uh, Grant chose the movie. Any special reason why you chose it? Uh, yeah, that's a movie. I probably watch it probably twice a year. I'll watch the movie just because like it's one of those movies where I try to see if it still holds up after like years and years and years. Of course, the movie came out for, I remember, in 94. I believe and so, yes. it's like it's a lot of different elements of the movie. Like it's funny. The writing is super strong. Um, the drama is really strong. Like there's so many different parts. Like it's kind of like an all-in-one movie for me. Yes, yes. Before we uh, get into it, guys, this is a spoiler review. We will be spoiling this movie. Uh, it's off top. Uh, two questions for you, Grant. Do you believe they should watch it? And is this movie a part of pop culture? Should definitely watch it, and a hundred percent, yeah. Anything Quentin Tarantino put out in the '90s, you should definitely watch. Yes. Yes, I 100% agree. This movie is 100% a part of pop culture. Uh, if you have never seen this movie before, watch it first. Then watch a bunch of TV shows, a bunch of movies, and you'll be like, oh, this is what they were talking about. Or this is what they were making fun of. Great movie, top notch. Um, Grant, I'll let you kick it off, man. What, what did you love about the movie? Yeah, um, I think the first thing is, like, you get to see, like, the movie from different uh, viewpoints, right? So you get to see it from Samuel Jackson's uh, viewpoint, his character. Um, not to mention John Travolta is amazing in the movie. Um, of course, everybody loves Uma Thurman. She crushes it in the whole movie, like from start to finish. Every scene she's in is like a super solid scene. Um, Bing Rame scene was like a, a scene, like the scene with um, Bruce Willis. That was very surprising when like they were in the gimp suit or whatever. I was like, yo, I wasn't spending this at all. Like that was a change in the movie for me. Like it's it switched to like a different level going from that part. Yes. Um, do you mind if we break it down for him? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the opening scene, uh before you even know, and this this is all spoilers from this point on, guys. Uh <laughs> the I mean the opening scene, um just when you see them just talking, a regular conversation at a diner. Like, you hear them rob, talk about robbing it, but you you don't think they're going to do it. Matter of fact, they're talking about why people don't rob uh, restaurants. Yeah. You know? And they, you know, it, it breaks out. He stands up, um, points the gun at everybody, and then that song kicks in. And right from when the song starts, I'm, I don't know the name of it, but right as soon as that song starts, everything else just like drives from that point. Yeah. Um, like uh, I remember watching the movie, I think, I think I watched it as a kid with, with my, my oldest brother because it was like his favorite movie. And I remember being like kind of bored when I first started watching it and I didn't like get it. And then I think when I was older, maybe around 11 or 12, I was like, oh, this movie's dope. Because like that first scene, like you were saying, I was like, what is this movie about? But like, you watch that first scene, it sets up everything and all these different avenues that the movie's gonna go. So like, you definitely need to watch that movie like 100%. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino was my first time ever like paying attention to dialogue. 
because nothing yeah. he nothing he writes is just written. Everything has makes a point. Everything's a regular conversation. I, I could be sitting. I'm probably gonna eat at Waffle House tonight. I'm supposed to be eating with some friends. <laughs> We're supposed to go to Waffle House, and I guarantee our conversations won't be exact similar, but it'll feel like a Quentin Tarantino dialogue just because it, it sounds like regular speech, you know? Yeah, uh, Tarantino has a way of like, like you're saying, like every line is important, just like with joke writing, right? Like every line in a great joke is like connected. Like there are no, there's no fat in like the dialogue in his movies. Like even like his newer movies, the same thing. Like the dialogue is always like really crisp. He always gets in and out of scenes real, uh, like real smooth and concisely. And it's just like, he's a great writer, obviously. Like if you watch all of his movies, especially that movie, like you gotta watch Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he's actually starting to write books. I was reading, um, he, he's, he's about to be an author. So I'm I'm definitely gonna be checking out his books. Um, uh, how many times do you think the book's going to have the N-word in it? I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be the next thing I was going to ask you. Uh, the Melitons, he says the N-word just really makes you think like, bro, like you're getting away with murder right now. Like every movie, it comes up at least 50 times. If at Sa- least. If Sam wasn't his friend, this would probably be a totally different career. Oh, yeah. Samuel Jackson saved that man's life. Because <laughs> like it, it doesn't show up in... Uh, What's the movie, the Hollywood movie that came out like two years ago? Once uh, Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, you see that yeah, one? Yes, yeah. I've it seen didn't show up in movies. that. No. Same. Like, it didn't show up in that. And they were which, definitely you know, saying no it. Black people. Yeah, but they were definitely saying it in that time period. Uh, yeah, but he <laughs> For was, sure, absolutely. He, but I think, uh, if not him, the cast or his whoever's producing the movie was like, no. Like, he had to have somebody yeah. pull him back. Like, no, it's here. I wrote it. No, you can make fun of Bruce Lee. Uh <laughs> I do feel like he, like you said, he probably does have a person who's telling him, like, all right, are you going to use the N-word in this film or not? Because he definitely uses it in every movie I've seen. And I don't want to get counseled, and I'm woke like everybody else, but is I'll admit that he overuses it. I can see that. Sure. But it's never used, like, I'm just saying it to say it. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only thing I can say. He's never said it like he's never used in a movie where I'm just saying it to say it, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that he's being callous in the way he's using it. Uh, I think it is always to like prove some type of point about like that character. Right. Like you think about in this movie um, where he says like dead nigger storage or whatever. It's just like like that's the line that lets you know about this character, like how flippant that character was about helping out um like jewels or whatever in that situation right yeah but like <laughs> it's funny whenever the n-word is used in a quint in a tarantino movie a lot of times quint tarantino was saying the n-word yes. like let's not forget that part like he's yes. typically saying the word yes yes i was yes i was about to get to that like yeah it's 100 <laughs> percent like if it's a fall guy he's like i'm i'm the fall guy like my career goes let it be me um yeah. But to go after the, the opening scene, we go, we meet Jules and um, John Travolta's character. I can't remember his name. It is exact moment. I never remember him. Yeah. I never remember his character's name ever. Also, did you know this was like John Travolta's comeback, believe it or not? Like he did a movie before yeah. this. I don't remember it, but it was like apparently not good. And like this was his comeback and like just a great movie to come back with too. Like, yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, I think after this movie, he did. Uh, the movie with um, Kristen something the girl the white girl it was like uh, 
Look Who's Talking To or something like that. One of those movies, like the baby movie, whatever it was. He did that movie after this, I think. Okay. So like this movie was definitely like super helpful for his career because he had hit a cliff bad. Yeah, his, whoever his agent was, they, they picked the right one and then like continue to pick bad ones. Uh, like, <laughs> but just that scene was just shot so well the dialogue like i said was perfect like just who talks about mcdonald's for some reason like who brings up mcdonald's and like on the way to a murder like yeah 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 like it's just like, normal conversation the royale with cheese is one of the best lines in movie history to me personally like uh it just works out so well and then like you know you watch the movie and then um i think What's my guy? I think Phil Collins from Mad TV. He's the one who gets killed or whatever. Like when he turns around with a gun, he like blows his head off. Like, what do you think? He blows his head off. Like, that's right in the car. That's one of the best moments in the movie for me. Cause like, I had no clue this dude was going to die. Like I was like, oh, well they're going to ride back to wherever. And then he killed him. I was like, yo. And then you get to that next scene, which is like dope where they're spraying the hair with the, uh, with the water hose and shit. Amazing. Yes. Uh, just just to backtrack a little bit, they um, the the way how clever and how small his scenes were. Because if you remember, when they popped the trunk. They had shotguns, and they yeah. were just like, "No, nah, we don't need them." Like yeah. this, and then it was like they definitely could have like easily did everything with a shotgun. I mean, they almost got killed. Yeah, and if it Do wasn't, you... oh, I was saying if it yeah. wasn't for that, Jewel wouldn't have changed. Like exactly. him almost dying is the reason why he leaves, you know, from doing what he was doing. Yeah, and that, that goes back to that point. Like every like line and every scene is like very intentional. Like when you're watching, it's like, yo, this dude knew exactly what he was doing. He wrote the script. Yeah. Plus that scripture is quoted a lot now. I, like people yeah. quote that scripture a good bit. So like, yeah, and they have no clue like what the whole context of the scripture is, but they yeah. always quote it. Thank you. Somebody that knows. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll have to explain it. Yeah. Somebody that knows, like, yeah, that scripture does it. If you keep reading, um, yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you're definitely going to get uh, <laughs> what you would consider like um, Old Testament God, right? Yes. Because it's like, yo, there's some serious stuff that's about to happen in that next paragraph. Keep reading. Yeah. Uh, also, fun fact the black guy, that's what you're talking about, Phil. Yeah. Uh, he's actually divorced for Samurai Jack. Oh, I didn't know that. Because hmm? huh. they, they were in a big thing about like since he's not like Asian, should he still voice the character? That's something else. I would love to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode. Whenever you want to come back, let me know, buddy. Uh, Absolutely. I can go on that for years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then um, how do you feel about the, the cigarettes that go through the whole movie? I thought that was very clever that he kept that from Reservoir Dogs to uh, red apple cigarettes. I thought that was that's yeah, a little Easter absolutely. egg that like, if you're a fan of Quentin, you notice immediately. Yeah, um, I think like people who had no clue, like they're, if you're a new fan of his movies and you just keep seeing like uh, these cigarettes, you probably don't even notice. It's just like the Easter eggs that might be in like an Avengers movie that all of us know about versus like, you know, what happened this month? I thought it was dope. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, of course, another favorite. I could talk oh. about that as well. Yeah, he always starts in restaurants. I wonder what his uh, affinity is for restaurants, though. Like, I wonder, like, is that a place where he writes his scripts 
or is that like a place where he has like whatever because there has to be some like connection in my head to these I mean, places i would love to know what he likes about restaurants i do not want to know what he likes about feet yeah he does have a foot fetish for sure yeah like uh it's somewhere in the movie. I can't remember where it is, but I think it does show feet in this movie. In this movie, can't think of it right now. But um, and then you we continue on to um, when John Travolta takes Uma Dorman out on that date. Um, I want to go to that restaurant. That's one restaurant I would love to go to. It looked dope, right? Yeah. Like, the dancing, the people were like dressed in like the old clothes. It looks dope. All of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure the wait staff hates wearing costumes, but oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like. Especially for $10 an hour. Get the F out of here. Exactly, yeah. I'm me today, okay? That's who I am today. I'm me. When it came to the dance, um, Mm. did you get it the first time you watched or you were kind of like, what are they doing? I think I had to watch it twice, I think. Me too. Because, like, it it went way over my head. I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. Yeah, I, I did not get that at all. Um... And then that follows to, I want to say that's when she overdoses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they, they get back, <laughs> yeah, she, I think she goes to the bathroom, right? Yes. She goes to the bathroom. Um, she's got the cocaine or whatever. And yeah. Yeah. You remember when she's in the restaurant and they're just all like, it's all these women just doing cocaine in front of the bathroom. I mean, in front of the mirror. It was just like, wow, that's what women been doing for so long. That's right. That's what y'all go powder your nose. Yeah. That's it's ridiculous. It. Yeah, that's uh, I, that's definitely like a definitely like a a strong '80s, early '90s reference, though, because you think about like how prevalent it was yeah. in like that time period. Like that is very likely what it was like in LA around that time period. True, very much, very much so. Um, how would you feel if if like one of your not not that kind of circumstance, but how would you feel if one of your friends just caught like dr- like drove to your house that late for anything? No, it's no way. People don't get in the door past nine o'clock in this joint. Ain't no way. I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. <laughs> like I'm very anti. Like, nah, you got to call somebody else, bro. Yeah, it's just, it just, just like, I. My first thing is, why me? Why? Why would you come to me? Like, why? Am I that, <laughs> am I, am I that friend? Like, yo, that's real. Like, I didn't think I put off that vibe. Um, but like I said, it was a good friend. Definitely helped save her. Uh, yeah. And then we translate to, um, I think, I believe the next scene is him dying, right? Didn't John Travolta die in the next scene? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That That, that was the next scene. That scene was the first time I watched it. I was so confused. I was like, whoa, he died? Like, it just, because the order, it just, I was like, okay. And that's where it shows, like, the difference between, like, that accident, what happened, and you see Jewel, he almost gets Mm. shot, and he's like, I'm leaving the game. And you see John Travolta's character, and it's like, Oh, man, that's what happens. And you just see if, if John had left like Jewel, he may have not died. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting scene, like, especially going based off of, like, what the previous scene was. Like, you see Uma Thurman, who's, like, overdosing on, like, cocaine. And then, like, he dies in the next scene. Like, a lot of drama happened in the span of probably five movie minutes. Yeah. So that was a lot. Yeah. Um, do you feel like the movie slows down when Bruce Willis is introduced? Yes, it slows down dramatically. I think um, I rem- remember when I was watching it, 
um, maybe last year, feel like the movie has, the pace has slowed down. Like it's starting to get like, I'm gonna say like a little boring. I think only because uh, they had to introduce uh, his character and you had to get like some background on his character. And then it sped back up, I think in the bar scene. You good? Sorry. <laughs> no, no problem. Just yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Is it important? No, no, you good. Okay, cool. Uh, but that that scene it still slows down to me. But like I appreciate it because if if he didn't take the extra time out, I, nothing else would make sense. So yeah, you definitely needed that. And then um, I think that's also that part of the movie is when they introduce Ving Rhames' character, if I remember correctly. Yes. Which he had to be painted in with this broad stroke of being like a huge villain in this movie, like a big boss. And they did a great job with that, with Bruce Willis's character. Yeah. Um, the fight, man. Uh, do you fit that? That was not nitpicking out, but like, why not take the dive? Yeah, I agree. I, like that, I agree. That, that was the only part where I, I was trying to figure out why he didn't like, you know, yeah. Um, so once again, I, I think that uh, Quentin Tarantino definitely has like a way of like writing these movies where he knows exactly what he wants to do with it. And a lot of times with his movies, I feel like he wants us to like figure out the reason behind some of the things he does in the movies. And I think any good filmmaker does that as well, where it's like, I'm going to leave it to the audience to make their own conclusion. True. Open endings are one of the best endings ever, you know? I agree yeah, I, with that. But some people hate that. But I enjoy it personally because, like, I get to make up my own story. But some people are like, well, this had a terrible ending. Like, just because it didn't have, like, an open shut ending doesn't make it a bad ending. True, true. Sometimes, like, it's, it's I, I think it just very much varies on the movie. Because sometimes, like, they'll have a clean-cut ending. And, you, mm -hmm. you know, you'll be like, wow, didn't, I didn't think they were that clever. Like, um, have you seen Borat 2? I haven't. I heard I need to watch it, though. Okay, never mind. Well, I'll go ahead. You watch it and you'll see what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes. But yeah, I agree with both. Like as long as it's, I'm a sucker for a good ending, whether it's open or not. Like I'm, I just love a good ending. Um, and then we get closer to the ending, we get to um, uh, Bruce Willis in the Gimp scene. You, yeah, uh, bro, you talk about left turns. I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't see that at all. I didn't. No. I, Again, that goes back to that point about like them making Bing Rames be such like a big character, like a boss, like above everybody else. And then that happened. I was like, yo, where did this come from? And then I think right after that, didn't Vin Rames do that movie about um like he was a cross dresser or something? Yep. That yeah. came out I think the next year or two years later. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, it was just a left turn where I was just like, man, <laughs> I like he had to read it in the strip, but like you know, if you're an actor, you're gonna make you know you're gonna do what you do. You're gonna get your paycheck. But I was just right. like, man, if I'm reading, if I was reading the strip, I was like, what? How does this happen? Why does this like? Yeah, for um, sure. Did you know he's like classically trained as well? I think Vin Rames, if I remember correctly, he's classically trained. Yes, yeah, uh, a lot, which is crazy. Like you think about like a like not the like stereotyping like a, a dude that big. You wouldn't think that he's like classically trained and like. Uh, Meisner and stuff like that and like uh, ballet and opera and stuff like you wouldn't think that he would have not those capabilities but you wouldn't assume that he would be a person to do all those things 
uh, I think he had the background. He definitely had the contacts. But I mm-hmm. think he said, I want to say in an interview, maybe in 2011, 2012, but he was like, he always knew, like, this is what I was going to get cast as. It was no way around it. You know, mm-hmm. he was just like, he knew back then, like, if I wanted to act, this is the this is what I had to play, you know. So, that's crazy. Yeah. Do you think that's fair in, like, Hollywood, though, to be typecasted? No, of course not. Of course, it's not fair. But uh, have have you ever seen Hollywood Shuffle? Yeah, yeah. It's I, it's a parody, but I I think it's not that hardcore. But I think a lot of what goes on with Hollywood Shuffle is what goes on in real life. Yeah, um, yeah. We talk about typecast another time. Yeah, but yeah, I definitely agree. Like I think like about I, some of my favorites. Like I said, man. Like I said, anytime you want to come back on the podcast, let me know, bro. Um, yeah. Uh, but to wrap it up, man, I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, to wrap it up, um, they come, you know, it's not the original ending because you you know John Travolta's character dies, but then you get to the ending where you see them walk into the restaurant and you're like, oh, snap, like. Yep. Uh, what, your first reaction, what, what was it, what were you thinking? Because I just, even now I still smile a little bit like, oh, okay, here it comes, like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh I got really excited, right? Like, I think for me, it's probably comparable to when, uh, like on the Avengers movie, when Captain America picks up Thor's hammer. It's like the same like type of excitement. I was like, yo, this is about to be fire. Like, they, he did such a good job with that scene. And like, the way he set it up where we know John Travolta's dead. We go through all these scenes where uh, Bruce Willis, his character, Ving Rhames, his character, blah, blah, blah. And then you get to the very end and now you see them two walking into the restaurant. And then, yeah, perfect for me. So, uh, as far as cinema, it was perfect for me. I was like, yo, he did it. Yeah, like, like I said, still a classic, still great dialogue. Oh, before we leave, I don't want to leave this character out because he, he does, he's not in the movie for long, but he's an important character. Mr. Oh, man. He's the guy that helps with the body. Yeah, okay. I didn't talk about. Okay, thank you. I want to say Mr. No, but that's not his name. Uh, I thought it was Mr. White or Mr. Red or something. But how did you feel about was his character? No. I think that was it. I think it was Mr. Fox. Yeah. How did you how did you feel about his character just like sliding in and out of the movie? Like how did you feel about that? Yeah, uh definitely one of those characters who was like super important in the movie. I thought that uh it was cool how like he pulled up on like what I think was like maybe like a Lamborghini or a Porsche or like some young chick or whatever. He's like, yeah. this is what we're gonna do. And he's like just giving directions or whatever. And I think John Travolta's like trying to give him shit or whatever. And he's like, listen, I don't have time for all of this. And then, uh, no, he was the wolf. That's, he was the wolf. That's who it was. Yeah. Uh, and I, it was cool to see uh, Jules get like excited for the wolf. He's like, the motherfucking wolf or something like that he said. <laughs> like he was turned up about that situation. Yeah. And he he uh, was throwing them t-shirts. And like, that was a whole scene with towel and the blood in the hair and all that stuff. Yeah. That was like just dope how he went from that scene. I think he came in what, three or four scenes later, if I remember correctly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not in the movie long, but like he left for last impact. Cause like you said, when he when they made that call, it was like, oh, we calling Noah. And then, yeah. you know, you have um, Quentin's part. We, we spoke about the niggers. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> am I running the dead niggers here? It's like, it's, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the best dialogue in my opinion, I may be biased. I think it was definitely Sam. Sam had the most fun. Sure, absolutely. Like, this, this is the first time you realize, yeah, Sam does like the word motherfucker. Like this is It's his favorite word. He holds on to it dearly. Uh and he's great in the movie. Yeah. Like 
Yeah. Um, Every line's memorable. Even um, tell that bitch be quiet. Tell that bitch sit down. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um. Let me see. I I wonder who those characters. Like I kind of wish there was like a little bit more background on those characters. Like that would have been something cool to know. Like what their like side story. Like I guess like the B plot line of like their story. Just because like. Uh, for the people who haven't seen the movie, the movie is a pretty long movie. I think the movie has like two acts in it. So it's two hours and 45 minutes or two hours. And yeah. So, minutes. yeah. Yeah. Like 250, something like that. So like some stuff could have been cut for me personally. So I can like know how do these people even get to like this um, like restaurant or whatever. Of course, that's how it ends where it's like, all right, you see them at the restaurant or whatever. John Travolta, you know, it's about to go down. It was right after they um, dealt with the body, I thought, because they had those clothes on. Is that what it was? Yeah, I thought it was right that they took care of the body because they had the different shirts yeah. on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It would have been great to see, like, like I said, just to see, like, where those characters, like, what were these characters doing before, right? Like, that's yeah. where I was at. Nice, nice, nice. Grant, thank you so much for coming on to the, the movie review to talk about it. Can you, uh, you have anything for your fans? And please tell them where they can find you. Yep, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Grant Sheffield One. And right now, I'm trying to work on this this pilot I've been writing for the last six or seven months, on and off. Oh um, shit! Yeah, it's not it's not great. Uh, <laughs> it's just like you know, just like a little thing I'm trying to like put together, and I send out to a few places to get feedback, just to see like, all right, is this worth me continuing to write? So that's kind of what I'm working on right now, trying to get some stuff written and pushed out to people to see if I can keep doing to try to finance something in the future word man okay all right doing big things all right man well i hope everything works out for you man uh, <laughs> uh i should hopefully i can be coming up your way uh march i'll hit you up if uh you guys have any open shows let me know man i'll i'll take care of it like if you need some spots and if i'm running something i'll talk to some of the boys i know they can try to put you up on some stuff so just hit me like two weeks before you're gonna be here and i'll see if i can set you up bro. All right, bro. I appreciate it. Uh, this is Poppy Culture Movie Reviews. And you guys have an amazing day.